0: Hi, this is Charles Linden. I want to take some time to talk about definitions, and by definitions, I don't mean definition of words, but I mean definitions of the conditions um, included in the in the spectrum of mental health conditions, from anxiety, panic attacks, agoraphobia, OCD, puro, derealization, depersonalization, self-harming, eating disorders, low mood, and all those conditions that are regarded as a separate conditions and be categorized. Differently in terms of the the specific experiences of the sufferer. Um, one of the things that we've noticed over the years, having had um, vast experience with tens of thousands of clients, but also being involved in in mental health services, both in in national and private practice, um, what's become massively clear to us and and and, and frustrating is that. For example, um, OCD sufferers will say that their OCD causes anxiety. And this will be reiterated and supported by um, OCD organisations and psychologists and doctors. Um, We hear a lot of people not understanding that panic disorder, uh, for example, um, can't form part of an overall generalised anxiety disorder or that generalised anxiety disorder, panic disorder and agoraphobia for example are completely separate and, and uh, almost unrelated conditions. It's very strange to us that people with anxiety disorders um, are defined as mentally unwell and that these disorders are mental health disorders. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Um, all of these conditions are caused and generated by the emotions, and the emotions, um, whether they 're firing appropriately or inappropriately, are never uh, a mental health matter. Um, some people are happier than others, some people are sadder than others, some people um, display jealousy differently to others. everybody has a an emotional disorder to an extent, dependent on their life experiences and the responses to those particular catalysts that give rise to those emotions. So if we were saying that um, people with high levels of the emotion of fear have a disorder or a mental illness, then why aren't overly happily people suffering from a mental illness or why aren't overly um, jealous people suffering from a mental illness? it's it's a nonsense and the thing is that because the emotion of fear is so unique in that it it manifests in such um overtly physical ways ultimately ending in things like panic disorder or um you know experience people experiencing obsessions or compulsions or uh, phobias for example because it's so visible um people make the immediate assumption that it's it's to do with mental health just because it's of the mind And just because something is of the mind doesn't make it a mental illness. So definitions play an important role, not only in um, outlining and defining and and creating boundaries around the conditions, but it makes a massive difference to the sufferer themselves. Because if you are defined as ill, then you start to behave ill. If you're defined as um, mentally ill, then you are you' you're immediately put in in a um, within a um, uh, within a boundary that doesn't allow you an escape really it, until you feel better and and what that means to each individual is 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 totally individual to that person um until you feel better, you consider yourself ill and so these definitions can be as damaging as they can useful and and their only usefulness really is to allow people uh, for example that work within our organization to meet a, a relatively unknown person and immediately get um receive some kind of information about their their suffering so if somebody comes to us and says you know i'm i'm ocd which is strange in itself because nobody is a condition um, people are obsessive and compulsive, but nobody is obsessive-compulsive disorder. And this is a generalised sort of um, nonsense that that many people um, use in in everyday sort of colloquial speech to define who they are. But when people come to us and say, "I am OCD," "I am agoraphobic," "I am a panic disorder sufferer," at least it gives us an opportunity to understand firsthand what is the most obvious and apparent. Um, experience within their anxiety disorder but it doesn't define them as a person and it certainly doesn't um, define or give us an understanding of the level of suffering, the range of suffering, the symptomology, so in other words the range of symptoms that somebody experiences within their panic disorder or agoraphobia and it certainly doesn't in any way define how difficult it is for them to overcome that disorder. I think people come to us with the understanding that through through definitions, again, from doctors or psychologists or psychiatrists they've seen, come to us with this understanding that um, anxiety, for example, can't be cured. Anxiety is an inappropriate manifestation of the emotion of fear. Anxiety is never acceptable. Anxiety isn't a normal and expected human experience, response. It isn't one of the emotions. Fear is the emotion. Anxiety is inappropriate fear. It's when fear has gone past useful, it's gone past risk assessment, it's gone past identifying what it could be that could harm us, and it's gone past the point of acceptability on a physiological scale. So panic attacks, for example, are unacceptable. High levels of obsessive behaviour are unacceptable. Compulsions are unacceptable. It's unacceptable for somebody to be frightened of leaving the house or leaving the confines of a room or going somewhere alone or sitting in a uh, a hairdresser's chair or going to the cinema. It's inappropriate and it's unacceptable. So anxiety is never acceptable. Fear is the emotional response that is acceptable. It's normal, it's natural, it's expected in humans and it's useful in order to keep us safe. Anxiety is never appropriate. And anybody who says to you that anxiety can't be cured is talking complete nonsense. Again, this is definition. We all need fear. Nobody needs anxiety. It's like, I, I said this in a, in a session once in one, of my, um, in one of my retreats. I said, everybody needs to defecate. Nobody needs diarrhea. And it's the same thing. There's an appropriate level and there's an inappropriate level. And fear at an inappropriate level is anxiety. Remove the anxiety portion of the inappropriate fear and you go back to normal fear responses. It's all down to definition. OCD does not cause anxiety. Anxiety causes OCD. Physiological, psychophysiological fact. And there's not a psychophysiologist on this planet that would contest this fact. OCD is not the core issue high anxiety is the core issue and it's the same with agoraphobia it's the same with ptsd it's the same with all of the uh the anxiety disorders another um, example of of definition gone wrong um you can't be depressed and anxious simultaneously you can have high anxiety which leads to low mood and, and frustration and anger because an anxious person is so confined, is so desperate, is so um, so needs to find a solution. But that low mood is not depression. Depression is defined as the complete a uh, complete lack of emotional response. Depressed people don't experience the, the emotions in the same way as somebody um, without depression or somebody with anxiety. Anxiety, on the other hand, is at the opposite end of that spectrum. Anxiety causes hypervigilance. It's a massive over-manifestation of emotion, albeit the emotion of fear. So fear and the manifestation of anxiety cannot coexist in a human brain alongside true clinical depression, because clinical depression is a complete lack of that sensory and an emotional experience. Does that make sense? So one is complete emotional emptiness... One is complete emotional fullness. Those two things can't coexist in the same way as happiness and, and sadness can't coexist in, in, in the brain simultaneously. You can't be simultaneously happy and sad. One of the states has to, has to drop and the other state increase for you to change from one emotion to the other. And of course, as with all emotions, you can go from happy to sad, from sad to happy very, very quickly. In the same way as you can go from non-anxious to anxious and back to non-anxious very, very quickly. Non-fearful to fearful and back very quickly. Non-jealous and jealous and back to non-jealous again very quickly. These emotional states happen in nanoseconds in the synapses of the brain involving uh, you know electrical impulses and, and chemicals. Um, The the endocrine system producing hormones that give us the, um, the physical manifestations of the emotions so that we get the experience of happiness, the experience of sadness. But these things are transient. They can change momentarily. But you can't have a depressive disorder and an anxiety disorder simultaneously. Again, it's down to definition. It's down to deep understanding of the suffering of people. And it's down to definitions and unfortunately because there are so many practitioners out there trying to help people with with high anxiety conditions whether it's hypnosis or NLP or CBT or anything any of the alternative practices there's such a quagmire of misunderstanding and a quagmire of of uh, of, uh, of inappropriate um, psychotherapeutic and physiological Um, techniques to help people with anxiety and on top of that you then put reflexology and you put uh, relaxation and yoga and visualisation and uh, mindfulness and all these things totally counterproductive but used in practice to help anxiety sufferers. And do anxiety sufferers benefit? Well, from our experience, over 177,000 people we've helped and from my own experiences and the experiences of all our practitioners who have all been anxiety sufferers, no, no. They don't. They they don't produce curative results. You may get some temporary reassurance, but does it produce curative outcomes? No. There's only one way to cure anxiety disorders, and that is by utilising the very system that drives anxiety disorders. It's the only solution. It's all about definition. So if you're sat there listening to me and you suffer from an anxiety disorder, regardless of how that manifests, regardless of whether it's, it produces neck pain, numbness in your face, shortness of breath, dizziness, shaky legs, whether it produces a dry mouth, whether it produces dry eyes, whether it makes your nose cavities feel seem huge, whether it produces smothering sensations, palpitations, a racing heart, whether it produces uh, skin blotches, irrelevant The anxiety response mechanism works in one particular way and you will become anxiety free if you do what your brain and body needs in order to reverse the formation of your anxiety disorder and you will become anxiety free. I hope that makes complete sense to you and I hope it gives you some inspiration and and reassurance that regardless of what it is you're suffering from, Your anxiety disorder is just that. It's an inappropriate manifestation of the emotion of fear. It's not mental illness. It's not physical illness. It certainly is totally curable. I hope this has offered you some reassurance. I hope it's offered you an insight into the data that myself and my team have collected over the years. And I hope it offers you um, the opportunity to realise that despite how desperate and Unwell, you may now feel the the end of that is in sight, and the recovery pathway can be very, very fast indeed. The staff and myself at the centers um, uh, are all very very experienced in anxiety recovery. You can call or email the center you can get in touch anytime and speak to one of our practitioners they all they're all professional practitioners um, accredited at level four as uh, anxiety recovery specialists. Um, They are all members of the BACP, uh, which is the British Association of Chartered Psychotherapy, which means that they um, have attained a level of of practice um, proficiency to to be members of the BACP. Um, They have tens of thousands of hours helping tens of thousands of people to recover and their question, the questions that you can ask them will be will be answered. They'll be answered efficiently, quickly and sensibly with answers that will fill you with reassurance and uh, the knowledge that you need to continue to, to anxiety recovery. Thank you for listening to me. Um, as I say, we're here if you need us. Contact us through any of the, the Linden Centre or Linden Method websites and we'll be glad to answer any of your questions at all. Take care.